Hey, y'all. We wanted to share with you some of the fun we've been having over on Patreon. If you're looking for a great way to kick off the new year, an annual subscription to our Patreon gets you access to our archive of hundreds of posts and all new bonus content each week. We're bringing you short clips of some of our Patreon bonus content to give you an idea of everything you get when you sign up to support the show. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, click the link in the episode description or head to Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon in the top menu. First, you'll hear a clip from our mini-set on the Dallas cephalopod conspiracy. Was the city of Dallas really founded by human cephalopod hybrids? Who is responsible for the bizarre life-size statues mysteriously appearing around downtown? And who is going to take us to see them in real life? (laughs) Next, you're going to hear a clip from our new segment, Wedit Drama, where we cover all the wedding planning drama Reddit has to offer. This bride and groom make some pretty radical cuts to their guest list that we think earns them a spot on Asshole Island. Next, you'll hear clips from our January Q&A live stream and our live stream performance of Wedit Drama. Patreon subscribers get to watch video versions of these segments live and participate with us via the chat. In the Q&A, you're going to hear us answer a question about what cryptid we would love to focus on for a whole documentary. And then in the Wedded Drama live stream, we cover a bride's 17-point list of demands for guests of her wedding, including mandatory twerking and a ban on just sitting around all night. Also, if you watch the full thing, uh, there was a part where we were screaming because not this bride was bad, but there was another bride that was even worse. And uh, all I'm going to say is, have you lost your mind, Susan? <laughs> To subscribe for full episodes and the video live streams, head to the link in the episode description or to SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. Brian's legacy is the bustling community he helped establish on the banks of the Trinity River and the city Brian chose to call Dallas. He told pioneer Frank M. Cockrell, The town was named for my friend Dallas, according to the city's website. However, when it comes to nailing down exactly which friend Dallas, that remains a mystery. City archivist John H. Slate told the Dallas Morning News, Bottom line is, no one really knows. There's quite a bit of speculation, but none of it is borne out in any actual provable facts. This is probably one of the biggest conundrums in the city. No one really knows why it's called Dallas. You know, I did not know that until this. Same. I I assumed it was named after a person. And there's yeah. like five or six candidates that they think it could. It was like a vice president, a general. There's a, multiple different ones. But then for each option, there's a reason why John Neely Bryan didn't know that person mm. or he didn't know him at the time that it was named or something like that. So they really can't nail it down. Maybe it was a cephalopod now we friend know. that he named Dallas or mm-hmm. that he's... The cephalopod told him, my name is Dallas. I don't think he gave him the name. No. I think he was told what the name was. Yeah, I don't think you can tell cephalopods anything. No. They tell you. They tell you. Mm-hmm. Eight times. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the only mystery surrounding the Big D. In 2019, 178 years after Dallas was established, a peculiar statue appeared in our fair city. According to the statue's plaque, History left one attribute off the list of labels for our city's founder, Cephalopod. On October 28, 2019, alternative online magazine Central Track reported on a strange occurrence. The statue of a creature, all silver, with a man's body wearing a suit, and the head of a cephalopod had appeared beneath the K. Bailey Hutchins Convention Center in downtown Dallas. According to Central Track, the first resident to spot the creation was a local attorney. John Bradley. It was my birthday. 
That's true. Oh. I'm a cephalopod. That's why I'm scared of them. I'm scared of my true You're nature. You're scared of yourself. I think you need to do some digging, some soul searching. A legitimate looking silver plaque was posted at the creature's feet. The plaque gave artistic attribution to Solomon and was titled Self-Portrait of John Neely Bryan, Hypothetical, 1877, Steel and Beaks. A full description, riddled with typos, followed, which read, Confined in his last days to an insane asylum in Austin, no one knows what final confusions the founding father of Dallas confronted before his death. Did the lines between selfhood and otherhood blur completely? Did fesh confate with metal, the eternal with the temporal, the mammal with the cephalopod? Is the city he began a city, in fact, or only a shared delusion? Beneath the description, the plaque claimed that the sculpture was a gift to the city from Margaret McDermott and bore the logo of the city of Dallas. It does look like a legit plaque. Yeah. I mean, it's professionally made. <laughs> Which is why it's odd that there are typos, because you would assume, yeah. if it, unless they're intentional, that someone would proofread that, and I'm assuming it meant did flesh conflate, conflate with metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two L's are missing. Yes, which does come mm-hmm. into a possible theory uh, about yes. all of these. And I believe Dallas, did wasn't it D apostrophe L-L-A-S? I think there was a typo in that as well. Yeah, there's typos all over. So Which would, again, maybe point to the two L's, like mm-hmm. try and highlight the two L's. Why? The installation didn't stay up for long. Just three days after Central Track reported on its existence— the cephalopodian creature was removed. It was taken into storage by the city of Dallas's Office of Arts and Culture, according to WFAA News. Yes, if you or someone you love works at City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture, call us. We Please. want to see the sculpture. We got to see these things. And like K Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center, there was a whole thing in D Magazine recently about how they just want to like explode it and rebuild something because mm-hmm. it needs so much work. But the part, the place where it was at, it's not technically underground but it is covered so it's kind of dark and shadowy down there so it makes sense that i mean if you're just jump like if you hopped off a train and you were just getting off the train and walking to work you might not even notice it Mm -hmm. because it wasn't really out in the middle of anything so that's how it lasted for three days that's what but i don't understand why it was taken down unauthorized i guess what is what's going on here (laughs) what are they covering up (laughs) i guess do i guess you have to have a permit to install like an art yeah, probably. Something? Yeah, well, I don't think they just let you do or it. Or you put it in that little, in downtown Dallas where it's the free speech square on the corner. Yes. You just go and put it there. Then I dare you to take it down. Then it's your, you're infringing on our constitutional mm-hmm. right to put up cephalopod sculptures. Central Tracks founder, journalist Pete Friedman, was particularly interested in the statue's existence. He covered its discovery and removal with thoroughness and genuine curiosity, built out of his love for the city of Dallas and all things quirky. He reported that after publishing his coverage of the incident, he received a call from a male voice asking to confirm his office's mailing address. And he said he gets that a lot because it's usually like advertisers or something. So it's not like he doesn't go like, why do you want our address? Right. No, people email us all the time or DM us and they're like, what's y'all's PO box? I want to send you something. Mm -hmm. So we don't think anything about it. Sinisterhood.com slash contact. (laughs) There you go. A few days later, Friedman received what he described as a 10-inch ceramic humanoid statue boasting a large head with intricate features, carefully shaped hands and limbs, and metallic feet. 
Included with the figurine was a plaque reading, "The Solomon Award for Journalistic Exceptionalism," presented to Pete Friedman. Dallas is only tangible so long as it is described that way. The illusion, our most worthy foe, resents your efforts against it. I, however, do not. Two crumpled sheets of paper included poetry from T. S. Eliot and Edna St. Vincent Millay. This was. It was also packed in a box with shredded documents that had handwriting on them. Ooh. And Pete was going to have the interns go through, and he was like, "I felt bad about asking them, but like, hey, can you put these shredded papers back together?" But he left it overnight, and when he came back, the janitor threw it oh. out. So it just so happened he's like, "I should have just marked it." But he goes, "Honestly, I, mean, I don't blame them. It looked like a box of garbage." Yeah. But lost also, forever. Also, could have been inside those it's one of those job. interns may have gone up there and gotten wind that they were about to have to do that and tossed it. <laughs> but that would be kind of fun as an intern. Yeah. I don't know. It would be fun for like maybe a few hours and then you're like, oh my God. When you start to realize like this is just shredded. Uh, yeah, this is just like the the nonsense. The What is our newspaper called? Dallas Morning News. Dallas Morning News. <laughs> my God. Oh, it's been a long couple weeks. <laughs> Yikes. Friedman was dogged by curiosity. Who was Solomon? He looked into the attorney who first spotted the statue, but ruled him out. A busy attorney with a family would have no time to craft and place a full-scale statue. Then Friedman received a tip that someone possibly knew the statue's true creator. When pressed for an identification, the source told Friedman, Maybe it's good for our sweet city to have its own myths. I feel like I know a very busy attorney... That has a lot going on and would still have time to craft and place a full-scale statue if they wanted to. You're talking about Jim Adler, the Texas Yes, <laughs> Yes, I am. The law hawk. <laughs> All right. Our next one has to do with uh, guestless decisions. Okay. I'm not going to read the title because it gives it away. Okay. Okay. I am a 30-year-old female. I'm getting married to my fiancé, a 31-year-old male, in the fall, and we're planning our wedding now. Both of us have big families, so we're trying how to figure out we're trying to figure out how to make our guest list work with our budget. Our grandparents are all in their 80s, and his grandma has Alzheimer's. She forgets who people are, doesn't know where she is a lot of the time, and sometimes she just randomly starts crying or yelling, and it's really depressing. Mm. Both of my grandparents also have some health issues and demand a lot of care and attention. I really don't want any of this to ruin our big mm, day. What a cunt. I don't want his grandma shouting or making noise during the ceremony or my grandpa needing help and being a big distraction. And I feel like people are going to be paying a lot of attention to them instead of the wedding and the wedding couple. So my fiance and I have decided that we are not allowing anyone over 70 years old at the <laughs> wedding. God, I have never. We are making I it a blanket. <laughs> We are making it a blanket rule so it's fair to everyone. I think they would be bored and they would be more comfortable at home anyway. It's an opportunity for their caregivers to come out and relax and have fun without worrying about caregiving responsibilities. They are treating them like children. This is exactly why people don't have kids. My fiance is on board, but the rest of my family is very upset. Have I done something wrong? Yes. You're a terrible person. Go fuck yourself forever. I would. Oh, God. First of all, they're. They're grownups. I'll say the grandmother with Alzheimer's, that's a struggle because it, it that's changing it sure. locations can be struggling. It might be, it stressful, be stressful for her. I, yeah, yeah, that's true. And if she has yeah. to travel, it might be stressful. Mm-hmm. But 
also, I think people really disregard. It makes me think of the Nate Bargatze uh, bit where he goes, oh, we took our two-year-old to Disney World and everyone told us that we shouldn't have done that. No, We didn't ask anybody. They were just really happy to tell us that, mm-hmm. that it was a huge waste of money because she's not going to remember anything. Sorry, I like to see her happy because mm-hmm. she thinks Minnie Mouse is real. Mm-hmm. I think I think that it, the you make people who maybe won't remember it later on, whether it's a baby or a person with a traumatic brain injury or a person with a dementia or some type of degenerative uh, brain illness, you don't just say, oh, just lock them in the closet, just whatever, they won't remember. Mm-hmm. No, having meaningful interactions, one-to-one interactions, and especially if you could make accommodations and figure mm-hmm. out a way to make them comfortable. So I get it. If you're saying, I'm concerned that her caregiver, her doctor, her neurologist told us that traveling would be really dangerous or her getting COVID could be really dangerous and we don't want to do that. But to say that your other grandparents who... There's no mention of them having any sort of she emotional said health problems, but health problems. I mean, but it said he would need help I and being a big distraction. Problems. Who doesn't have fucking health problems for real? These days? But but saying he he would my grandfather would need help and be a big distraction. Nobody is looking Mm-mm. over and going, oh, they're helping that older gentleman Mm-mm. into a wheelchair. Ugh, no, no. God, well, look, uh, he needs his he he needs help cutting his steak up. It's like people would be like. Yeah, that's I help? how life goes. That's just what yeah. happens to some of us. You don't toss you them out like they no. they lived their whole lives and now like and and have probably done so much for you over the course of your lives. And then on like the biggest day of your life, you're gonna be like, sorry, you're too old to come. That is monstrous. Yeah, it's not the same thing as saying You know, like I said, if the caregiver or the neurologist said, hey, we really don't think, or the same with the grandfather, if his caregiver said, thank you so much for inviting him, he would love to be there. Unfortunately, it's a really big struggle for him to sit down in, uh, you know, like a shivari chair or something. It's not going to be comfortable for him. But let them make that decision Mm -hmm. and and consult him. Do Mm -hmm. you want to, you know, he's an adult. I think that's the number one thing. I get really passionate about the rights of older adults because I saw so many times in my practice where, like you said, people throw Mm -hmm. older folks away or just say, oh, well, she doesn't know. They talk about them like they're not there. Yes. And that creates, uh, uh, my mom and I had this whole discussion because we were talking about how people treat, because my mom is perfectly capable. She runs around more than I do. And I still call her for everything in my life. But how that when you take stuff away from older adults, you create a a condition or like a situation of learned helplessness where Mm -hmm. then you take away their responsibility, you take away their autonomy, you take away their confidence. And so I think a lot of times you're being well-meaning where you go, oh, well, I'll just call the bank for you, mom. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about it. Or don't worry, dad. Let me just call this company for you versus saying, I'm going to empower you to make this call. I'll be here if you want me to listen in, if you want my advice, but not taking things away from folks that still have independence, autonomy. And like, here's the situation where it sounds like, you know, like I said, the grandmother with Alzheimer's, that may be a conversation to have with her and her caregiver and her neurologist. But for the grandparents that sound like they have the capacity to decide, yes, I would like to go. No, I would not like to go. That's like so fucked up Mm -hmm. to say it would be distracting to have a bunch of olds there. It sounds like they threw them in to make the Alzheimer grandma not stand out as much. Like it's not oh, as like, far as they're like yeah. we're just not inviting her because she has Alzheimer's. They're like putting this rule in of like no, it's just all people over seventy, and she happens to fall into that category. Well, and seventy is not that That's old. Not that old. Not My at mom all. Mom is sixty nine right now. 
What yeah, does she my not? Mom is and she's up, she's fit 70. as a fiddle. Yeah. She there. It's what I don't get is to say, oh well, seventy. They really can't handle. No, stuff. Uncle Jerry is eighty, and he was on his back underneath a car trying to fix an oil leak there on Christmas go. Eve. And Paris was like, my cousin Eric and Paris were like holding flashlights, and I'm like, you let him crawl into the car, and they were like, he insisted, and mm-hmm. he was like, I'll tell you what the problem is, and like he, he's eighty, yeah, and he completely could still mm-hmm. diagnose, you know, not diagnose, but um, assess this car situation. So you can't go, no, no, go sit down in your easy chair and be it's quiet. So belittling and, and dehumanizing. It's that's exactly perfectly said. Perfectly I said. I hate this bride. She's yeah. a bitch. And even for the the grandma that has Alzheimer's and issues. So if if her caregiver says, No, I think we could make it work, you know, and, and she's lucid enough to or maybe she's not even, but you you let her be there because it's a sign of respect. And then Yes. If during the the ceremony or reception or whatever something comes up that she needs help the caregiver is there to remove her from the situation and 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 go help you know what i mean but like you shouldn't be i I, alzheimer's and dementia that's something that just like hits different for me it's so sad and to isolate someone and like punish them because something completely out of their control that no one would ever want to happen to you or your Mm-mm. family happened, that you're then punished and you're like not allowed to come to places. That's horrible. Yeah. And I think this person doesn't strike me as any type of expert in geriatric care, but understanding that folks that do have dementia still are capable of making memories. Mm-hmm. They can still make a memory and sometimes tell you depending on how long it's been, but it varies from patient to patient. And also Music is extremely mm-hmm. beneficial to older adults who have Alzheimer's or anybody that has Alzheimer's. And so it relieves stress. It makes them feel relaxed. It can make them feel happy. It's a fun, happy environment. Mm-hmm. Like a wedding is a big celebration. And I cannot fathom setting an age limit, much less saying your illness is an inconvenience to mm-hmm. me. I appreciate the fact that we would literally not be here but for you. Mm-hmm. Like without the grandparents, right. your parents don't exist. You don't exist. Poof. You're gone. Mm-hmm. So to to spit in the face of that, but on top of that, to be like, well, it's just because they're old and kind of in pain in the ass. Mm-mm. Monster. The fact that she's like, my fiance is on board. You deserve each other. Yeah. Your assholes. Go elope yeah. somewhere and go have your go wedding alone. It with I don't know on in Asshole hell. Island. Yeah, wherever <laughs> <Or> Asshole Island. <laughs> it's just an island shaped like a big butthole, and in the middle is just a bottomless. Okay, what cryptid would you choose if you were asked to make a podcast or a documentary about just one of them, oops, um, in which you'd interview the fans and travel on site to do your own search? I like this, Lilius B. Because we get a lot of cryptid questions, but we haven't had this cryptid this question. Great. If we're going on site, I'm going Nessie all day long, so I want to go oh, to yeah. Scotland. <laughs> So that would be <laughs> if we're going on, uh, but I don't, I like the Pacific Northwest a lot. Bigfoot. I think in terms of people that believe, I think Bigfoot, we're going to get the best interviews. The people that are like, I seen it. I seen yeah. it. Yeah. Y'all people don't that know, are like man. very passionate that I think Nessie, you're going to get great accents and a lot mm-hmm. of fun stories in a pub. I'm very cheeky. here for that. I think you'd get real cheeky stories. 
mm-hmm. on Nessie, which would be fun. It would still be really yeah, fun. Yeah. You're getting like, you're in somebody's bunker looking at like a corpse of some animal that they're claiming is Bigfoot. And that's where you're at when you're doing the Bigfoot documentary. Yes. You were like, they were like, this is a baby Bigfoot. And you're like, that's a beaver. <laughs> and they're like, no, it ain't. <laughs> like, I see the like, tail. I'm it's a pretty beaver. sure it is. Also, please unlock the door. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's whatever <laughs> vibe we're trying, to- <laughs> we're trying to go for. It. Mm, but yeah, I think, I think Mothman would be cheeky. I think the one where you're going to get legit believers, down and dirty believers is Bigfoot. I think so. I yeah, probably I probably do that because I like Scotland sounds great. I would love to go there. It's a bucket list. But I love mm-hmm. talking to sincere, bizarre mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. not in like I just love it. I love sincerity. I love just I would love that for someone to just if be like, I yeah. had not been so high when we went to that Bigfoot Museum in Portland, I would have <laughs> talked to the owner because he was there, but I could not do that at that time i had had a lot of marijuana chews and uh christy was not able to (laughs) talk to anyone about sasquatch that day i was barely able to uh, just make it through the exhibit but that yeah i'd like to go came out okay after yeah how i was feeling yeah it's all right that was a good one yeah it went great um okay Let's see. First of all, I freaking love you both. Thank you, Kelly. My question is, if you were murdered by a Um, so, well, she's she's bride number 1. Uh, bride number 2 created and I'll show it to you afterwards, but I'm going to read it aloud to you because I think it's more effective that way. She created what appears to be an invitation, but it is numbered one through 17 and it reads as follows. Uh, Bride and groom. It's in a beautiful script font. Pre-wedding rules. Number one. I'm out right there. (laughs) Fuck this. I'm not going. I'm not going anything where there's rules. Please do not ask about the wedding because wedding planning is stressful enough as it is. I'm sorry. This is on an invitation that was sent out to people. It appears to be something typed. It's not like she made this as a Facebook post. I mean, it's in a font that appears it was uh, something that you would print. Like you can make maybe make it on Canva wow. or Shutterfly. Yeah. Uh, number two. This is not a class or family reunion. Number three. <laughs> this will be a semi-formal event. Please dress accordingly. Examples will be included on the wedding website. Oh. Number four, the ceremony will be unplugged. We have a photographer for that, which, I mean, same. Number five, do not post a bride and groom until they post. I'm assuming social media. I get that, but there's a nicer way to say that one. (laughs) Number six, this is a taking over for the 9-9 and 2000s type of event, so there will be twerking and all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which I'm into. You got to let them know in advance for finna twerk. You, um, okay, well then you need to amend your invitations to include Dig Down in Dallas will be played. Heads up. <laughs> Buckle up. Fair um, warning. Number seven. Great question or great rule. Do not ask if you're invited. Please well, refer. Who is this being to? I think it was. Maybe if she just posted it on Facebook. Is this it's, like a next door post? Is she just is this like it going is a up screenshot on... from pa- Facebook? But again, she made it into an image. Like this was typed. Uh, yeah, and, like, she didn't want it to be font. tacky. Heather. That's true. You got to yeah. be classy when you're making the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Please refer to number two, which is this is not a class or family reunion. Number eight, the two individuals getting married are bride and groom. So we are doing everything our way. Number nine, if you're trying to attend to spectate and sit down all night, this is not the event to do so. Get your ass up. (laughs) She didn't put that Because you better be twerking. (laughs) You got to. If you can't twerk, stay home. (laughs) Tommy said number eight. Remember, this is the first time I've been in charge of anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, this bitch is in charge of everything in in her her life. life. She lets everybody know it. Number 10, there will be an open bar. If you cannot handle your liquor or if you cause a ruckus, you will be removed promptly. This is the worst party anyone's ever thrown. Number 11, if you do not like or support the bride and groom, then do not attend. Well, why would you invite somebody that you didn't think supported you? <laughs> this I'm so confused. She's getting loose with invites. Number 12, if you know you're not going to drink, dance, or have fun and enjoy the evening, please refer to number 7, 9, 10, and 11. Seven what were those? Is don't ask if you're invited. Nine, spectator. Ten, open bar. Eleven, if you don't like us, don't attend. God I don't know damn. what those have to do with drinking. With I think whatever. she's saying unless you're ready to twerk, twerk and get drunk, don't show up. Uh, number 13. This is a day to celebrate bride and groom and our union. We only want people who love, celebrate, support, and uplift us. Again. That's a redundant. You've already said that. You need to cut edit. That. So you need an editor. It could have been sixteen instead of seventeen. Uh, number fourteen. The DJ will not be taking requests. God damn. <laughs> number damn. fifteen. Do not text our parents regarding the wedding. Well, that's just. Do you have to say that? I didn't have to tell anybody not to text my mom. Number Why would six. Anybody text her. They don't even have her number. I need to get Kathy's number. I could text her. Uh, I you can email text her. her. You can email her. Uh, number 16. Please refer to number 1, 2, 8, 9, 10, and 11, and 12. <laughs> I hate and this woman. Number 17. Please note the bride said what she said. So this is, is this what it looks real? like. This is what it's. Someone screenshotted it from. Uh, damn it. McKinney, get it together. Somebody screenshotted it from. Um, yeah. I'll see if I can zoom That in. looks like something that would be like printed out and put at your table. That's what, that's what I was saying. It looks like almost like a menu or something. Yeah. There, I can figure out. Someday I'll learn all these buttons. Okay, here. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's like not where it's clearly on Facebook, but the font and everything is not Facebook font. Like she made Why this. did you center that? You idiot. It's out. so, what are you okay. doing? I'm trying to <laughs> get this to zoom. God, kill me. Oh my God. <laughs> my whole life is just like, me and technology this month has been rough. I think she should have left aligned this because uh, it's very hard yeah. to read God. with it being all centered and everything and things like wrapping around. Yeah, she uh, she didn't really think about what she was doing before she did it at all. Um, I think the, the Reddit, so the title of that post was, I can't believe I can agree and disagree and with disagree. everything. <laughs> well, because some of it, yeah. like I said, unplug ceremony, like you said, there are nicer. Okay. I figured out. How to yeah. Picture. There's there much are nicer, nicer ways to say all of that. Yes. And also the image, a lot so of now. it, you don't need to say. 
No, no. A lot of it, I think, is um, etiquette and social norms. Or you could put it in a friendly way on your wedding website, but like in a friendly way. You shouldn't be saying any of this. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of blurry. It's hard for me to read it. Maybe. Hold on. Stop scrolling and I'll focus. The one. The only thing on this that I would tell people is number three. Mm-hmm. Four. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously six. It's taken up for the 99s and the 2000s. <laughs> Wait, scroll down to the bottom now. I think those are the only ones. I, those are the only ones you need to tell people about. Everything else, you're a dickhead. And put it as a, a FAQ on the wedding website, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, it's semi-formal, and um, we'd love for you to share pictures of the event afterwards. We have, like, you word it like, yeah. so you don't have to worry about holding your phone all night. Instead, hold yes. a drink, because we have a photographer that can do all that for you. You make it, like... Uh, light and friendly and casual. That's what I did on our wedding website. It says like, can we take, it's like an FAQ and the question's like, can we take pictures during the ceremony? And we said, no, we have a photographer who can do that. Like, keep your phones out of the picture because you don't want to break Paris's movie making heart too. and like ruin yeah. his shot. The amount of photos of people like holding their damn phones up and our photographer is kind of like she, she's like yours. I, I like her your photographers like had all these different angles that if people had their phones up it would have been blocking them. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think like, we asked people. I don't remember how we said it. You're like, but, um, keep your fucking phone and your fucking Yeah, phone. I think I I think I like before I even walked down the aisle I just went to the front and I was like ladies and up, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I read my list of rules. Um, I'll kill you. This is what kills me about brides. Why do you think anybody gives this much of a shit about seeing you get married? Like who? No one in your life, not even your parents, give enough of a shit to put up with this kind of harassment. Because it is straight up harassment. No one like cares. aggression. Why do you th- do you think anyone's going to show up to your wedding and be like, "We are here to love and support you. We can't wait to have a good time." When you've been like, "Fuck you," shamed and guilted <laughs> into into having like a fun time. They're like, "Listen, Stop you bunch people. of fucking drunks. If you, if you can't, if you cause a ruckus, we'll throw your ass out." It was like, but not if you're like, not up there twerking your dick off, we'll also throw your ass out. It's very the lines are blurry of how good Work of a time you can have off. versus like you're gonna get your ass tossed out of this want, wedding. You know, like those hand lettered signs that say like, "Please sign our guest book" or mm-hmm. "Choose a seat, not a sign." I want one that says, "Twerk your dick off." Twerk your dick off. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, people laugh, love. We'll twerk know. your dick off. Well, That's, um, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Does it ever say where these people are getting married? If you liked what you heard, consider supporting the show on Patreon by heading to sinisterhood.com and clicking Patreon in the top banner. Thanks for listening and keep it creepy. Sinisterhood.